Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. running backs for week seven of fantasy football we kick it off with christian mccaffrey questionable right now facing the minnesota vikings then raheem mostert at the philadelphia eagles kenneth walker checks in at number three against the arizona cardinals and we close this out hayden with austin eckler at the kansas city chiefs talk to me so christian mccaffrey questionable monday Night football we'll know more once we get the injury report starting on thursday if it's not him i like jordan mason and elijah mitchell pretty close together i think they'll be kind of splitting hot hand approach there. I think Jordan Mason's good. Elijah Mitchell's been in the system for a little bit longer. We'll follow the news there. Same yeah. thing with Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson should be coming back. I have him ranking. I'm in the rankings later on, but Raheem Mostert is the clear top guy. Season high, 21.9 expected half PPR points last week. I know it's the Eagles defense, but the Eagles defensive line is really good. You get him out in the perimeter, and that's why we always freak out watching the Dolphins stuff. So much of their productions to the perimeter stuff. So I don't think that that D line is necessarily as big of a deal for him. And then, the last note, Austin Eckler comes back. Didn't really do that much, but he did have 19.9 expected half PPR points. Um, should be fully ready to go uh, with another week removed. Uh, the Dolphins so far have 31 explosive runs. 31 explosive runs. And that is an explosive run percentage of 18.6%. Every single time going for at least 10 plus yards. And we know it's not just 10 yards. It's 20, it's 30, it's 40, it's, it's all of that. Um, just a couple of notes that I brought to the table with Austin Eckler. The Chiefs have not, uh, excuse me, they've only allowed 96 total yards per game to opposing backfield so far. That is seventh in the NFL, and that includes yep. Travis Etienne uh, for just 42 yards. So it's not like they face cupcakes so far. But as we saw with Austin Eckler coming back, um, so much of the usage went in his direction versus some of the split backfield stuff that we saw earlier. And then Kenneth Walker against the Arizona Cardinals, 89. 0.7% of the runs against the Cardinals have gained positive yardage, the highest rate in the NFL. So my question, if we even get and subtract the negative rushing yards that we get from Kenneth Walker and the inefficient stuff and everything is just positive, runway is clear for Kenneth Walker to have potentially, I think, a massive, massive week. Yeah, totally agree. I, you can move Kenneth Walker to RB1 this week as well, like all in the same tier to me. The Seahawks are projected for the third most points on the week because of the matchup and the offense more or less has been running through Kenneth Walker. Rightfully so. He's been awesome. Okay. Before we go anywhere, Hayden and I have this stretch goal. That's a business term. Stretch goal. 100,000 subscribers by the time the Super Bowl hits. The only way we can reach that is if you actually subscribe if you watch. 
pretty simple. So hit that button, join us on this journey, and uh, help us hit that goal. Warm and fuzzies all around if we do. Moving on to your fifth running back, top of the second tier. This is Josh Jacobs at the Chicago Bears. Hayden, he saw a large number of touches once again this past week at 27, but that only went for 93 yards. That has been the issue so far this year is just the complete lack of touchdowns here for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, RB4 usage over the last month, but only the RB9 on that. Really tough to do. The one good news for him, though, Chicago has allowed 12 half PPR points to Aaron Jones, Rashad White, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Jaleel McLaughlin. Those aren't superstar running backs at all, you know? So Josh Jacobs should get there against Chicago this week. He The usage has been very elite. Bears, in general, fourth worst against fantasy running backs, so... If it doesn't happen this week, then you're just really starting to figure out why the hell Josh Jacobs isn't the same player right now. What's been crazy is this team is actually getting to the red zone often and not just the red zone, but like inside the five yard line frequently. However, Josh Jacobs just has what two touchdowns right now. I mean, if you're looking at it across the league, the Las Vegas Raiders have the seventh most plays from inside the four yard line so far this year. And if you go and look at like where those distributed to, it's a lot for Devontae Adams. He ranks in the top five in terms of targets. Jacoby Myers, the same thing. Josh Jake was around the top 10 in carries. It just hasn't hit home. It just hasn't equal touchdowns so far. I do want to bring up this one note. Um, when Aiden O'Connell played, Josh Jacobs had a season high of targets, 11, yep. 11. So we could get that once again this week with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, not practicing at this point. And the other part of this, it's not just the touchdowns of Josh Jacobs, just 2.8% of his carries are 10 plus yard runs. That's third worst in the NFL so far this season. Travis Etienne is next. He faced the New Orleans Saints, a defense in front that we talk about all the time, Hayden, as a difficult matchup. Yeah, that's the only negative you can kind of carve out. He's got the goal line role. He's got the passing down role. He's got a, he's playing in a good offense. I say that he's kind of a modern day Bell cow back and he's been breaking tackles. Like you said, though, only Derrick Henry has hit 10 half PBR points against the Saints defense who ranks second against fantasy running backs as a whole here. The Jaguars defense has been or offensive line has been, I would say, pretty inconsistent this year as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a good role, a great yes. role, bad matchup. Yes. Still an RB1. The Saints are the last remaining team in the league that has yet to allow a touchdown to an opposing running back so far this year. Um, however, talk about the role. He leads the NFL in carries and touches now through six weeks, 113 and 134 touches. Uh, I mean, and 21 catches, by the way, through six games so far this year. He only had 35 receptions in all of last season. So we might yep. get triple that number this season versus last. It's one of the true bell cow workloads in the NFL. Your next running back is DeAndre Swift facing the Miami Dolphins. The worst week we've gotten so far from DeAndre Swift was last week. Do you expect a big turnaround with probably the game of the week in week seven? Yeah, can't wait for this game. Uh, offenses facing Miami are choosing to run the ball at the highest rate in the NFL. That's also not a surprise. Talking about Vic Fangio, two high shell defenses, lighter boxes. The Eagles, we've seen them really run the ball when they get advantageous looks. I trust that they will get advantageous looks for DeAndre Swift. And even if the game script goes the other way, Swift has been catching more passes mm -hmm. as well. So... Uh, I'll be watching it to see if right tackle Lane Johnson, one of the better players in the league, suits up. He had a little ankle injury last week, but DeAndre Swift has been an RB7 in usage for a couple weeks now, and this is where he should be going. I don't want to say he's completely game script independent, but in second halves with a lead or against defenses that run 
too high shell, I do think that DeAndre Swift can definitely eat with the explosives on the ground. And I mean, the conversation all summer was, which of these Eagles running backs should we invest in? He's getting like 75% of the workload. Mm-hmm. Like It's no question who they trust the most. And you talked about the receiving usage. This is, when you put it in the context of what we've seen from the Eagles in terms of passing game running backs over the last two years, this is shocking stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10 targets last week, eight catches, 40 yards and a score. That never happened. I think last year for a running back associated with Jalen Hurts. And I always bring up this chart, which is implied points based off on the betting markets this week and then plays per game. Look at the Eagles first in projected points and plays per game. They are in the elite quadrants basically by themselves this week. Next up for you, and this might shock some people, not if you watch stats versus film, Isaiah Pacheco is your running back eight this week. This is against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, going back to that last chart, the the Chiefs are the other team projected for 27 points. It's a down week for scoring in general this week. Like, for example, implied team totals are at 21.3 points. Typically, teams score 23 to 25 points per game. So when you see the Chiefs projected for 27 points, that definitely has my attention, just given the state of the NFL right now. And Isaiah Pacheco over the last month of the season, now that like CH is like basically more or less playing five or six snaps a game, he's been the RB7 on RB8 usage. I will say the Chargers, we used to like laugh at how bad the run defense is. This year, at least, they're only allowing 3.9 yards per carry, but at the same time, positive game script for Isaiah Pacheco, 5.5 home favorites here. And Pacheco's receptions are up huge, basically three or four times what they were last week. So that's the difference between being stuck as the running back 15 and getting up into the RB one conversation is just averaging 2.8 receptions per game this year. He has already eclipsed the receiving work that he got during his entire rookie season. Now that only contains the regular season. We saw in the playoffs, him being utilized more and more in the passing game, but 17 catches, 135 yards already passes what he did last year. And yeah, just last week, six receptions. 36 yards. Okay. So that means your running back nine is Saquon Barkley. Um, talk to me about this one first, and then we'll talk about it in comparison to the next player here. This is against the Washington Commanders defense. So this is a placeholder for Saquon because I'm waiting for Daniel Jones, all the offensive linemen. I'm hoping Saquon Barkley feels good after last week coming off of that high ankle sprain. Saquon did have the highest fantasy usage of any running back in week six. Did it go anywhere? Not really. That's what we should expect in this offense. So this is a placeholder. Um, the commander's uh, defensive line would absolutely swallow the, uh, the the Giants offensive line if they don't get some of these guys back. So too early in the week to tell about Daniel Jones and the O-line. Uh, what else do you have for me here? Well, the next name is Bijan Robinson. And then the reason I said, to wait to continue this conversation is because I think mm-hmm. people are going to be shocked to see Bijan Robinson, you know, not ranked in the top five, just from like a where they drafted in standpoint. He hasn't been bad so far this year, but I want people to remind them that he's the running back 10 overall this season. So this is quite fair. And especially from what we've seen from his usage in this offense over the last two weeks. Yeah. So with Bijan over the last month, it's even worse than that. He's been a running back 14 on running back 20 usage. And the reason for that is Algiers still is getting the inside the five yard line touches. He was the guy uh, that got the two point conversion carry. That was Algier. Uh, and then this week, the Falcons, man, like they're just not projected for any points at all. You're just looking at it here. The Falcons 
are in the Bears, Patriots, Colts conversation, the Cardinals conversation. So it's just not a good week for Bijan. And then also teams facing this Buccaneers defense for years, and including this year, choose to pass the ball. Obviously, Bijan does get used in the receiving game here, but the defensive line is better than what the, the Buccaneers secondary is. So those are things working against Bijan. He's just not an, a fantasy RB1 elite guy. He's in the bottom half of it, but he does have the potential if he can get away from uh, Tyler Algier at all. It's interesting. Despite the Falcons being three and three on the season, they've only led for 12.7% of their offensive plays. That's only ahead of the Jets and the Giants. So we haven't seen this backfield really with a positive game strip for long stretches of an entire game. And if we do, I think that that's how in the middle portion, the second half portion of the season that Bijan Robinson eclipses, you know, that top five running back status moving forward. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a tough matchup this week, obviously, against Tampa Bay, who throw a ton of funky looks at you, especially on third down. We've seen a good Desmond Ritter game followed by an awful Desmond Ritter game followed by a fine Desmond Ritter game. And so who knows how he's going to react to that disruption. Um, yeah, I mean, games involving this Bucks defense are averaging just 35.6 combined points. That's 30th in the NFL. Games involving the Atlanta Falcons, 36.5 combined points. That's 29th in the league. So that kind of gives you their projected point total that you pointed out according to Vegas. I had one other note from Twitter today um, from Aaron Schatz. Just talking about when the Falcons are using this two running back set, Pony personnel, which is like the thesis of why they were drafting Bijan that high in the first place. They have a 37% success rate, 4.3 yards per play. Their DVOA is at negative 32%. It just hasn't worked. So this is like an in-theory thing that the Arthur Smith has not been able to get going. And sadly, when it is Pony personnel, it's usually Bijan just running in motion. Like there's not the creativity that we're seeing from when the Dolphins at least do it. So it's just something that this offense hasn't been able to, to figure out quite yet. I will add the Bucks are 27th, and this is according to Rich Rebar, 27th in receiving points allowed to opposing backfields at nearly 11 points per game. So if we okay. can take advantage of the underdog pick'em lobby when it comes to receiving usage for Bijan Robinson, that is something to pay particular attention to. And I didn't say anything about Saquon just quickly. Again, the Washington Commanders defense. New York has gone 35 consecutive possessions without a touchdown on offense. Sounds like the Patriots. <laughs> wow. Um, I will add, though, like Washington has been pretty good at stuffing things early. But if they do allow an explosive run, uh, they are 25th in explosive rushing yardage allowed at 55.7 yards per game. So mm-hmm. Saquon maybe gets one juice that he can take to the house and the distance. Okay, we'll start off with, I believe you're running back 11, Hayden. That is going to be Alvin Kamara against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another one where we're dealing with a ton of injury news that we haven't figured out quite yet. This is a Thursday night football game. We'll learn if Jamal Williams, who's been limited in practice, is actually going to suit up. I'm guessing not. But even if there is no Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara is going to be running behind a really banged up offensive line. Ryan Ramchick hasn't practiced this week. James Hurst hasn't practiced this week. That's the other offensive tackle. Andreas Pete has been limited this week. They already have Trey Turner has been on injured reserve all season long. And then the Jaguars defense, they're only allowing 3.4 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns on the year. So while he has been a PPR scheming cheat code, that's basically the only thing that we could really point to for Alvin Kamara going into this game. What's crazy is you mentioned the PPR cheat code. 
he's averaging a career low 3.4 yards per target in the passing game. So it's like truly catch at the line of scrimmage and barely get any yardage off of that. And he's only getting 10 or more yards on 5.8% of his carries. That is 45th in the NFL. Yeah. Like I actually think Alvin looks good, you know, like I'm not going to say as a top 10 running back out there, but Hayden, the, the, the usage that we're getting is top 10 running back stuff like 24, mm-hmm. 25 and 26 touches over the last three weeks. Again, I'm going to point back to you mentioned Andrews Pete. Trevor Penning at left tackle has been a bit of a nightmare at times. This he's going to start for them. This I know. Week. Oh yeah. Oof. Oh, he's he's been starting for them for it's it's kind of rough. Next up, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, my guy, up against this New York Giants defense. Brian Robinson has now rushed for 86 total yards over the past three weeks. I think people might have, and he was saved by a touchdown. A little bit of pessimism heading into this matchup, but. Hayden, this could be one where we get awesome, neutral, and positive game script. And because of that, it could be a real Brian Robinson week. Yeah, he's the most game script dependent back in the league right now among the fantasy capable guys. They are two-point road favorites against the Giants, who are six worse against fantasy running backs, who are allowing the most running back carries per game. And that's the big indicator here. I'd be pretty surprised if B-Rob leaves this game without 20 touches. So that puts him on the RB1 border. He gets the screen touchdown last week. I didn't love that Antonio Gibson was in there for that little play action flat route touchdown at the goal line. But for the most part, that's a fluke. Just getting Antonio Gibson into the red area. I think that this is B Rob's backfield and the Giants defense uh, has been struggling against the run. We mentioned this with Isaiah Pacheco. Brian Robinson is another player who's already exceeded his receiving numbers from last season. And to boot of what Brian Robinson does well 88% of the runs against the New York Giants have gained positive yardage, and they're allowing the highest rate of explosive runs against them, too. So, again, more chips in the corner of Brian Robinson this week. Up next, Aaron Jones potentially making his return. Has been questionable, but practicing so far this week, facing the Denver Broncos on the road. Yeah, this is just, to me, the state of the RB2 position that Aaron Jones, who is a 28-year-old who's coming off a hamstring injury and a setback, nonetheless, is now my RB 13. Those are really tough things to swallow. The good news, obviously, even if the Packers O-line is injured, which it is, the Broncos have allowed five different running backs to reach 20 half PPR points this year. So uh, Green Bay Packers team totals up this week. Now it's the eighth highest on the week. So hopefully Aaron Jones gets in some full practices, Uh, but this is an offense I do think needs him. And if he does get full practices, we have to swing for the fences here. Even if the setback hamstring injury is definitely providing a little bit lower of a floor than we'd like. It's a long time ago, but I think he was the best player on the field in week one. Um, He's played 20 snaps since that season over. So maybe it's a y'all must have forgot, but we haven't forgotten. Like we're excited to see him back. And I think that this offense really needs the stability that bring he brings to it. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Jerome Ford. Love this. Jerome Ford checks in 11, 12, 14. You're running back 14 this week. Talk to me. This is against the Indianapolis Colts. And the last time we saw this Browns backfield, and by that I mean in week six, it was kind of split down the middle. Yeah, so this is another one where I'm kind of swinging for the fences. Granted, there is a low floor. Last week, Kareem Hunt, he started. He got the first three touches in this backfield. He finished with basically the same amount of fantasy usage as Jerome Ford. The good news is Jerome Ford, he is on a team that's projected for way more points than usual. It seems like Deshaun Watson is going to be back. The Colts defense is seventh worst against fantasy running backs. And I thought that Jerome Ford ran the ball fairly well last week. And I know that Kareem Hunt was way, way, way more 
involved this last week, but I do wonder how much that is because of the backup quarterback situation. I'm still kind of sticking to the priors with this ranking that Jerome Ford was like the clear Nick Chubb replacement for the entire offseason was that way all the way through the bye until last week. So I'm hoping that that was like a one week kind of blimp when this offense really needed the stability that cream hunt provides when they were dealing with a 49ers defense and a very inexperienced quarterback. We know so much of running back success and running back points comes inside the red zone. The Browns have only had 29 red zone plays this season, second worst across the NFL. Um, And so the Colts have been pretty good at like bottling up early runs, but they have allowed seven rushing touchdowns so far this season. So it's like, oh, what gives here? Can the Browns get in the red zone? And if they do, then is it going to be rushing scores? Because that's how the Colts have been chewed up and giving points to uh, opposing backfields so far this year. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, speaking of, is next for you. Um, talk to me because this is another split backfield that you think JT might pull away from a little bit. So last week, 42% snaps. Um, I'm trending towards kind of a 60-40 split in favor of Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, this we is tough about- because it's like the Browns defense, man. Like, yeah. It, the the number Every single fan, fantasy or NFL analyst has put out a separate tweet this week just mm-hmm. highlighting how absurd this Browns defense is. I'll give you mine. The Browns, and this is from Rich Rebar, so it's his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Browns have now allowed 1,002 yards of offense through five games. That is the fewest for a team in a season since 1971, since yeah. 30 years before Hayden was born. Wow. Yeah, mine is the Browns have only allowed one fantasy running back to reach 11 half PPR points, just 11, and that was Christian McCaffrey, who had 12.7, which is already elite stuff, holding him to that that little. So not a great spot for Jonathan Taylor, but I do think this will be going towards a 60-40 split in front of Jonathan Taylor. Um, it's a bad RB2 week. Like, I don't want to rank Jonathan Taylor this high. No, not at all. Uh Go subscribe to Retrieve Bar's worksheet <laughs> on chart football. Uh, one more stat from Rich. Uh, okay. 59.4% of the drives against the Browns have gone three and out. Yeah. 59.4%. And now they get Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep it moving. Now with Alexander Madison. Uh, great volume sponge Alexander Madison has been. And while we got nervous in week five, where there was a tighter split between he and K-Makers, then in week six, mm-hmm. he takes the whole thing away. But talk about tough defenses. Now he gets the San Francisco 49ers. Yep, 78% snaps, but the Vikings are projected for the fourth fewest points on the week. They're not running that many plays. They don't want to run the ball in the first place. So it's just a tough spot for Alexander Madison. Obviously, the 49ers front seven is one of the best in the very in the, in the entire league. So it's a volume sponge. And I do think that even though the Alexander Madison got a huge chunk of the pie last week, I still view this as a week to week proposition. Like you, we wouldn't be surprised if this was 60, 40 instead of 80, 20. Um, so it's just hard to put any faith into them. You're running back 17 is James cook, James cook facing the new England Patriots defense. The bills are averaging 2.63 yards or excuse me, points per drive. That is third best in the NFL. Hayden does the Damian Harris injury condense this backfield from three mm-hmm. to two and if so, is there any chance that James Cooks takes a section of what Damian Harris was doing? I think short answer to that is yes, though Damian Harris is more of a Latavius Murray type. And Latavius did have all three of the inside the five-yard line opportunities last week. I just think when I'm sorting by these running back rankings, 
James Cook has the best odds of ripping off a big play. And in this week, that's all I'm looking for. The Patriots have been stingy against the run, but they are top 10 in running back receptions allowed. So maybe James Cook gets involved that way. Uh, my challenge for the YouTube commenters out there is I, I want somebody to tell me I'm too low on James Cook. And I want other people to tell me I'm too high on James Cook. Cause that's what it's been this entire year. This is kind of playing the middle ground of it for our beloved commenters. They might be questioning why is Latavius Murray playing playing more. This is just from a rush EPA per snap standpoint. Latavius Murray is fourth in the NFL right now. Obviously, Achan is one, Raheem Mostert two, DeAndre Swift three, and you get Latavius Murray right there. And this isn't including the passing down snaps and pass pro work that they mm-hmm. clearly trust Latavius Murray on ahead of James Cook. So just some food for thought there. Uh, but we're not saying play Latavius Murray over James Cook. Obviously. Obviously. Okay. The start of, no, sorry, one last one on this tier is Ramondre Stevenson. I know you just wanted to skip him, but we can't do that. This is against the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, Buffalo is just fourth in points allowed per drive at 1.3. And conversely, New England has scored on a league low 18.3% of their offensive possessions so far this year. It's not good. I don't want to rank Ramondre as my RB18, but I'm looking for other guys to do it. At least Ramondre is coming off a season high in 15 expected half PPR points. He played 62% of the snaps. What happens when the Patriots are losing by a ton is Ramondre gets all of the workload because you start seeing all these little check downs. And that's actually how Ramondre Stevenson was getting home last year when he, you know, was a fantasy running back. And five passes last week after catching mm-hmm. six total in weeks two through five so far this year. Yeah, so I'm hoping we can kind of PPR scam ourselves uh, into something with Ramondre Stevenson, but it is scary that Zeke Elliott got the first goal line carry earlier in that game. And the Patriots right now, my goodness, Josh, I haven't—I don't think I've ever seen this before. They are projected for the fewest points oh my in the NFL this week. That's that, worse than the Bears. Yeah, that's worse than Bajent. <laughs> the Bears! That's worse than Bajent. I mean, this is a reason for it. How many plays from the four yard line and in do you think that the Patriots have run so far this season? Man, eight, five. Gosh, it's so bad. Hey, do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel, want to cancel, don't know how to cancel. I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions. And you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocket Money dot com slash underdog it's so bad okay speaking of bad let's go to tier four um and maybe some optimism here to be honest with you jameer gibbs checks in uh he got in a limited practice here on wednesday as we record this craig reynolds did not participate obviously dave montgomery did not participate the last time that we saw 
Jameer Gibbs, uh, when he owned this backfield, he played a season high 60% of the snaps, turned 18 touches into 82 total yards. I will add, they also did not run his route, love his route running. Um, Dan Campbell pointed to it afterwards as the game losing interception. And again, it's the only game that this team has lost so far this year. This is a placeholder ranking, full stop. Uh, Jameer Gibbs didn't practice at all last week. He gets a limited practice coming off of a hamstring injury. I'm not even sure if Jameer Gibbs is going to play. Same thing could be said about Craig Reynolds. All of a sudden, he was a DNP. He was the lead back after Montgomery left. I'm with you. Last time, it was week three. Jameer Gibbs had 15.3 expected half PBR points on the 60% snaps. But he just didn't do anything with it. And coming off of this hamstring injury, I'm not sure even if Craig Reynolds is not playing that he's just going to be like the bell cow that everyone's envisioning. I think this is probably going to be somewhat of a 50-50 slip. It's guys like Divino Zigbo. Hey, uh, no, no. We do not put down my friend Divino Zigbo. The World Football Podcast guest Divino Zigbo. It's he, him and Easton Stick. Both came on the show for a 30-minute episode. Those, those are my friends we're talking about here. <laughs> okay, you're 0 for 2 there. Uh, hey, they're Muhammad, both on rosters. That, yeah, no, they're doing that's well difficult to do for it's, year 3 or year 4. I, I agree. Um, anyways, we don't know who's going to be the sidekick to Jameer Gibbs. My take is it's not going to be Jameer Gibbs in a bell cow workload coming off an injury because they haven't wanted him to do that. Every single time they get in the press conference, it always that he's going to be the sidekick here. So I don't know who it's going to be as, as a sidekick. It's a wait and see. And then on top of this, it's not just the situation that we're is unfolding here. It's against the freaking Baltimore Ravens defense. Like Mike McDonald, this defensive front, Roquan Smith. I mean, it's it's crazy what this team can do on the defensive side of the ball. So I will add, courtesy of our friend Rich, the Ravens are 19th in receiving points allowed per game to opposing backs. And we know that that's where Jameer Gibbs, if he's going to shine in one way, and especially in that one game that we saw without Dave Montgomery, it was splitting him out, actually asking him to run some routes. So maybe that is a pathway to success here rather than trying to run him between the tackles up the middle. So some Lions fan got my mentions and said that Dan Campbell hinted at maybe using a non-running back at running back this week. So something Jameer just Gibbs. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> that would be a Monroe, I guess. It might be Khalif Raymond. Oh, yeah, that too. They have some nope, guys that do just something to consider. I don't know if anyone else is going to mention that. So okay. I, I'm not, you know, just throwing it out there. Okay. Rashad White is next. Uh, it has been pretty brutal recently for Rashad White. Uh, coming out of the bye week, they took more work away from him. Um, and speaking of how this is different with Baker Mayfield versus Tom Brady, because that's the monologue that I had all offseason. Okay. Rashad White is third among running backs this year in running a route on 70.5% of dropbacks but he is 22nd in targets and 34th in yards per route run so far. So like even that element is being sapped away and argue that is the best aspect of Rashad White's game. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Last week coming off the bye when the coaching staff hinted at changing their running back room, season low, 7.8 expected half PPR points. And Rashad is one of these guys that can't afford to lose any work because he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry at all. So um, other note, Falcons defense, once again, very good. They're a- averaging 3.8 scoreless yards per carry to fantasy running backs. That's They're the, also the fourth best running back unit as a whole. The Falcons run out the clock 
and they actually have talent. So don't keep playing against the Falcons running or the Falcons defense, assuming that it's like elite uh, matchup for you guys. It's just not going to work out the way this year. Nope. It's like a little lesser saints, if not equal. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Deontay Foreman is your running back 21. Uh, is this another wait and see re- approach? Because yeah. Roshan Johnson, uh, is still in concussion protocol at the time of this recording. Yeah, I think it was actually a DNP with that concussion, which is another week. So it's starting to linger longer. So uh, paying attention to that, this is assuming that he's not going to be out there. Uh, Darrington Evans was playing the passing downs, but it was Deonta uh, as the early down guy. He'll get the goal line opportunities if they do get down there. The Bears obviously projected for only 17 points against the Raiders. Not a great spot for Deontay Foreman, but he did at least have 10.8 10.8 expected half PPR points. So just, I think he's going to be out there and at that point he's, he's in the mix. Najee Harris is your running back 22 this week has just five total receptions so far this year. He's 31st wow. in rate of runs that have failed to gain yardage so far this season at 25%. He does though. I believe this might be a career high has a run of 10 or more yards on 9.5% of his carries. So there's something going for him. Got something going for him. Um, I don't have any like positive notes here. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think he might have been like the worst running back pick at ADP. Like, yeah, I think like process like, yeah, Madison, Damian Pierce, maybe even Miles Sanders, like Najee Harris is probably worse than all that. I will, I will, I will say one thing the Steelers are getting healthier on offense and, and they're, they're now projected. They're projected for 21 points now. They were kind of really deep in this t- territory. So if you squint, he can get there. And I know that like Jalen Warren, if you're looking at like snaps and production, all that stuff, he's equaled Najee. But that's because they've been trailing so much. If if the Steelers could somehow get into a positive game script, I do think that Najee would be the lead back. Up next for you is Javante Williams, who climbed your rankings quite a bit from earlier when I put them together to then refreshing. I will take this as a personal shot for my Jaleel McLaughlin love. Yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin has a role, but it's kind of like the passing down role. And I think it should be neutral game script. One point spread against the Packers, who are really bad against the run. They're fifth worst against fantasy running backs. It's been that way for years. It was a three-way committee. Uh, last week, Samaj P. Ryan's playing like the obvious passing situations. Javante is the early down guy, and then Jaleel McLaughlin kind of mixes in. Uh, all three of them had fewer than uh, six expected half PPR points. I think only one of them is like really live for a touchdown. That would be Javante for now. Okay, basically everyone else until we get to like the Rams backfield, which spoiler alert is much later on here, um, is in split backfields. So let's just go through some of these quickly. The next three names here, uh, I believe they're 24, 25, and 26 for you. Jeff Wilson, Zach Moss, and Kareem Hunt. Give me the goods. Jeff Wilson's quote, good to go, according to Mike McDaniel. Uh, This entire offseason and dating back to last year, it was Raheem and Jeff Wilson as the one-two. That's the way it was early in training camp before Jeff Wilson had multiple injuries. Last week, uh, there was a report that surfaced that Jeff Wilson was cleared to play. He was like, I believe he was a full participant. Then he was a, basically a healthy scratch. Um, so that's the one thing in the back of my mind here is why that was the case. Uh, Salvin Ahmed is the other back in the mix here. I hope we get some clarity to who's going to be the number two because the, the Dolphins' number two running back is fantasy viable, even against the Eagles if we are looking for upside here. I just wanted to go back to that contract 
same amount of money as Raheem Mostert. Last year, Jeff Wilson was getting the same workload as Raheem Mostert. And that's how this offseason started as well. So playing for some upside in this ranking, I'm going to obviously be reading the reports to make sure that Jeff Wilson is in fact ahead of Salvin Ahmed because last week that was not the case for, maybe that was special teams related or something else though. Okay. And we've loved what we've seen from Zach Moss, but we think it will shift even from a 50-50 split now. And then obviously it's a really difficult matchup that that team has. And we've talked about Kareem Hunt, especially on stats versus film this past week. Okay. Let's go to tier five. More split backfields. I'll throw like Jalen Warren up here as your running back 27. Then it's Craig Reynolds. Um, let's talk about them before we jump into the Ravens backfield. Yeah, wait and see with Craig Reynolds. Um, I hope that he is a full participant by the end of the week um, because I would like to rank him higher because I do think if I am saying that Jameer Gibbs is not going to be a bell cow, I do think that Craig Reynolds would have a the, chance to get some run. The other part of that, though, is like I think we've seen so far that Craig Reynolds is like a middling talent at best. And despite what people wanted to say the last two years of watching Dave Montgomery, he's a good running back in this league. And so Craig Reynolds just isn't close to that. So like yes. creating yards on his own, great vision between the tackles, trusting your blocks, so on and so forth. Just yeah. less athleticism. It seems like Craig Reynolds doesn't have that in comparison to Dave Montgomery. That's a fact. Okay. Ravens backfield. You have Gus Edwards first and Justice Hill immediately after that as you're running back 29 and you're running back 30. So Gus got a bunch of work last week. You're looking at this two inside the five yard opportunities. One a week lot of too late here. for what I was saying for him. Right. But he didn't, he hasn't done anything with it. And I was looking at it. It's career lows in every single metric for him. Now the bar that for Gus Edwards for a career low is very high. Cause he's been averaging five yards per carry every single season, but right now career lows in yards after contact and PFF grade. And then this week I wanted to move Gus the bus higher but the Lions are allowing the, an NFL best 47 rushing yards per game to running backs. 47. That is insane stuff by the Detroit Lions. So it's a committee. Justin Hill, Justice Hill plays the passing situation. Gus Bus wants to run over your face. Um, it's just a tough spot to be running over people's faces. Explosive plays. 10-plus yard runs. Miami's at number one with 31. The Ravens are number one at 31. Now... Some of that includes Lamar Jackson, but, you know. The Lions have got to be the, the very last, though, or the very best on defense against mm -hmm. that metric, too. For, I mean, 47 rushing yards per game is, yeah. that's absurd. No, it, it really is. It truly is. Okay. Next up, it's Latavius Murray. Uh, just quick Latavius Murray note. He had not played more than 33% of the snaps in the game prior to week six. And then in week six, again, as we talked about in stats versus film, that was up to 49%. We've talked about Jaleel McLaughlin here. He's one of my, honestly, favorite running backs to watch in the league right now. Uh, he is 85% Devon Achan. And then we go to the first LA Rams back on your rankings. And this was shock some people, especially if you listen to Stats versus Film, because this signing had not happened by the time of us watching it. He's your running back 33 right now. Miles Gaskin. Placeholder, but uh, <laughs> I was sold by you on Twitter just saying that Miles Gaskin could do one hell of a Kyron Williams impression. Uh, we're dealing with Zach Evans, who's kind of been a special teamer, um, day three player. I don't think that he's trusted. Daryl Henderson was not even on the tweet that Adam Schefter uh, put out 
which kind of scares me. And then Royce Freeman, just been a practice squad guy. I'm not sure if we should really factor him in too much. So Kyron Williams coming off the practice squad. I think that he looked good in the preseason when he was with the Dolphins. Um, couldn't get on the field with the Vikings. I would just say that, to me, the number one trait that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are looking for right now is trust and young Hayden Winks and young Josh Norris here. <laughs> that guy. It's a different, it's a different human being pre-marriage. That is, that is a different human being. Um, we said that Miles Gaskin and Kyron Williams were like comps for each other. So yeah. we'll see. I'll follow um, the news. It it's all dot connecting for me, and I could be way off. You know, this could be Zach Evans, it could be Royce Freeman, who you know had just had some passing game work during his time with the Denver Broncos. But again, my dot connecting goes to Miles Gaskin, who has spent the last month plus with the Minnesota Vikings, attached to Kevin O'Connell, who comes from Sean McVay's offensive coordinator and his tree. And so the reason why he had to get an active roster spot versus a practice squad spot, which some other guys have, is because he was on the practice squad for another team, so you have to be signed to the active roster. And that's a quick turnaround, obviously, three or four days or whatever. But, I I mean, Zach Evans does not have past pro experience. At all. No. He might be the best runner on the team, mm -hmm. but I thought Miles Gaskin looked decent during preseason. And again, we're just trying to do some dot connecting. The verbiage between O'Connell and McVay has to be close here. And we're just looking for the guy who's going to be trusted, trusted. And that could be Hindo because of what we saw last year. And for he sure. was on the team for a bit. For it sure. could be Royce Freeman because he's been attached to the team so much. But or Sean McVay gave Kevin O'Connell a call and be like, hey, tell me about this Miles Gaskin guy a little bit more. Was Hendo like completely off the street? He wasn't like on somebody else's practice squad, right? No, he was, he was off like the a, street. Yeah, so that's not a good thing for him. And then, yeah, I think I think it will be Miles Gaskin. There's also precedent that the Rams didn't they do this with like CJ Anderson, like like legitimately like two days, three days before the game started, like get in there, buddy. Like this, yeah. I feel like the Rams have had some absolute wonky running back situations before. Ultimately, whatever Jordan Rodriguez says before this game kicks off is what is what I will say, and she covers. Uh, the Rams as good as you can with the athletics. So that'll be my final ranking. Totally agree with you. I just don't think anyone else will be propping up Miles Gaskin like us. But again, we love to dot connect on the show. It's like and, the most fun aspect of it. And what can go wrong? What can go Miles wrong? Gaskin. Okay. There's one more running back on this tier. It's actually Keontae Ingram. So the Rams running backs aren't the last on this list. It's actually the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, last week, Keontae Ingram started. He was the early down rusher. He led the team with 8.3 expected half BPR points. Imaro, Imari Di Mercado, he was the passing down back. I love the little Dave, accent that you put on that. I've noticed it for the last like two weeks. Do you have a friend with the last name of Di Mercado? I mean, that's just a Spanish name. I'm guessing that he has. Oh. Yeah. Okay, we're going to look this up. I mean, act like you've lived in Southern California once and you're like, oh, I haven't pronounced anything. Haven't. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Damian Williams is the number three guy. Game scripts working against Keontae Ingram. But he is the one most likely to uh, find the end zone. I mean, he is from Mission Viejo, California, which is right down the street. And uh, yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing there's a little bit of a Spanish flair on that name. Okay, and Love D's it. go to D's go to THs. Okay, I cannot roll my my R's, so I'm well, like uh, you don't I'm have to do that in his name. I know, I know, but I'm just you know totally off. I did want to mention for Miles Gaskin and this Rams running back real quick. What we've gotten from Kyron Williams so far is like, eh, just a rolled ankle, not a big deal to like, oh, he's going to miss a bit of time. And then we had from Jeremy Fowler today that like, oh, he's going to miss weeks. 
So and he then he had the funniest tweet about that. He said that Kyron Williams ankle sprain gets higher by the minute. Yeah. That kills me. It, it's it's yeah. Okay. We'll close out with 35 and beyond. I'm just gonna throw these names at you real quick. It's Ezekiel Elliott, it's Tyler Algier, AJ Dillon. Then we get Jordan Mason, Eli Mitchell. And by the way, if that pairing has to fill in for Chris McCaffrey, be here for the Sunday morning show. We'll have updates to that. And then we close this one out with uh with Zach Evans. I will add with Tyler Algier. Again, I talked about how the Falcons just have not led in positive game script. And the thing with Tyler Algier so far, he has 14 red zone touchdowns compared to 10 for Bijan Robinson so far through six weeks of the NFL season. Yep. Praying for a touchdown with him. Yep. Anything you want to say about these dudes? No. I mean, if you're starting these guys, your team is done. Might as well go outside, um, go work on your Spanish, uh, do something else. All right. Well, let us know in the comments if you are starting one of these dudes. Did you, you took French in high school or something? You didn't take Spanish. You took another language. What was it? French? French for two years. I feel like six years before that. And then I took Chinese for my final two years. Of course you did. Yeah. How's that helping with your pronunciations in fantasy football land? Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I will not, I will not continue that conversation any further, any further. Okay. That's going to do it for us tomorrow. We'll have quarterbacks, tight ends, and for the true sickos, your D S T tiers Friday wide receivers on top of that. And then Sunday morning we'll be here and I'll be in and out for the uh, Q and a show to get your week seven lineups intact. Again, help us out. 100,000 subscribers. We're going to hit it. All thanks to you. Just hit the button. That's all you have to do. And then also play on underdog fantasy, pick them um, DFS contest. So much oh, yeah. to do. NBA is coming back too very soon. Tons of stuff on the underdog fantasy app. I know you guys watch us for content. We have, this is the small part of the business. There's a huge app. Oh, this is the money maker, Hayden. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure that there's people that watch the show. They're like, oh, this is just some random fantasy football show. No, like we have, you can play with us. You can. Um, And I actually think that these tiers and rankings do the best in terms of associating that to pick them and those projections. Um, We talked about last week with Joshua Dobbs rushing. We've talked about it with yards after catch for Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill and so on and so forth. So use the little moments and not just the rings that we say here and apply that to pick them every single week. Okay. Shout out to producer, producer weaves. Shout out to Colt McCoy scheme episode tomorrow on Ben Johnson, this lines offense. He will want to watch it. As soon as you see it, click on it, watch it. Don't do work up the villa. We will talk to y'all soon. See ya.